0: In our gospel text, I'm convinced we may have what is a summation, really the heart of the matter in the new covenant. I'm gonna be so reckless to say we may have the Christian Shema. If you that happen to me all the time. You'll remember the Jewish Shema. I'm gonna get away from this thing. Gives us that as a lens, as a summation. I believe John 15 might actually be that. There's plenty of scriptures in the New Covenant that could qualify in this hall of fame, but I think John 15 neatly qualifies. So this morning I want to give you just some snapshots. We've got nine minutes of context of the offer that's being made to us from the and the opportunity, the disposition, the posture of response that we're being invited into. Let me pray just a moment. Lord, I pray you will make a living reality yourself as vine, and that, Lord, we could take into ourself the sap of your presence, of your love, of your grace, of your forgiveness, of your ways. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. Context-wise, John 15 is part of the uh, great discourse. I don't like the way that's sounding. Let's go back here. We'll work our way around, brother. Stay with me. I... It's part of the great discourse. It's, uh, some some uh, uh, scholars believe it's kind of a chiism. this great discourse. And it's, John 15 is kind of in the focal point of that. But I want to look at the narrative context, the historic context. Of what's going on. We've got God. The triune God. Beyond our highest thoughts of him. And our best thoughts of him. Having pulled on human flesh. In Mary's womb. Resident among us. And in his Godhood. He's at the pinnacle. Of saving history. Except for the second coming. Perhaps. Where he is present. Hebrews says it this way, Jesus is the exact representation of God. God with a face. And in his godness, 100% God, 100% human, Jesus is just about to pay for every sin we ever committed, historically and personally. Every sin we are fighting with or falling into today, and any sin that will face us in the future, we are forgiven and atoned for. His death conquered death. His descent conquered death and Satan. His resurrection brought the new birth and new creation. And his pouring, his ascension to heaven and pouring out the spirit brought almighty, unreachable other God as close as our breath. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. And what we have in this moment is God most intimate in his full humanity showing what's deepest in his heart to those he's closest to those he's been with as a human being those he's needed and depended on this moment let me say it quickly is like this I was I was closest to my grandmother My parents loved me probably better and deeper than my grandmother and grandfather, but my grandmother and grandfather, all they did is just loved and delighted in me. No discipline to speak of, no restraint to to, uh, have to put up with. They just delighted. They were the people that I learned first about the grace of God before I knew there was a grace of God because they just loved me because I existed, because it was in who they were love me. My grandmother was dying. Now my grandfather, if it had been him and he said I'm dying it might be like Fred Sanford. You know, He was always having the big, I'm having the big one. But when my grandmother says she's dying you better pay attention. And she said come near to my dad and to my grandfather. Uh, This is the old rule way of saying it. She said I want to say my piece. I would have emptied my bank account to be there, to hear what she had to say, all $14 of it. You all get what I'm saying. This is God in human flesh saying his last words, at least in that expression, to those nearest to him. I think we find what's deepest in God's heart. I think we find what the Lord is saying, this is what all of this is for. This is the relational. This is the existential. This is the new creation life. This is the way I want our relationship to go. So quickly, let's look at the offer and the posture. Jesus starts a parable. He describes the parable uh, and gives a little definition to it in verses 1 through 5, and then we're not through 12 he actually gives us a hermeneutical lens or an interpretive lens so that we don't miss or misapply the parable and I'll just give you a taste of that lens as the Father loves me that's exactly the way I love you people of God right now who God was and is to those hearing him actually say these words he is to us this morning in the person of the Spirit. So, what I'm saying is to you. Jesus says, I am the vine. That's the big, thick thing in the middle. And you are branches. That's these little spindly things that are attached to the vine. He's saying, This is the way I want our relationship to be. 24 7. Connected in Bible You. Your very life interrelated to my very life in you in a Trinitarian oneness that's available just like we 24 7. No wonder Peter says, angels almost are become breathless at what has been offered and being offered. So my question to you is, how well are you receiving that offer? Now it comes to the posture. The best I can tell, this is no botany lesson, and do not you embarrass yourself if you quote from my botanical truths this morning, but the best I can tell that botanically, and I don't know how much of this Jesus had in mind, I realize I have biblical scholars, you overdo your interpretation of the parable, but he gives us the lens, we can do this. About the only thing chiefly that the branch does is just receive from the mind. Oh yes, photosynthesis, there's other things. When I was a child, uh, in rural Mississippi, the worst thing you could say to another five-year-old was, you are just a yellow-bellied sap sucker. <laughs> I'm not because I was five years old and I was not real self-reflective. I couldn't tell you exactly what we did, but it was not good. But I would guess looking back what we meant is all you do, all you have as your focus is just sucking in this out. Just what's in it for you? And then I began to realize what Jesus is saying to us about buying things. Not really. But we are created hungry and dependent in every emotion. How well do you bring in right now into your mind, into your heart, into your marriage, into your relationship with enemies, into your hurts, into the place that wants to recoil? Well, I'll close with this I preached this sermon a while back and a young lady came up and said uh, Reverend Goddard what you just said is botanically incorrect and then she graced me with this information I am a PhD student in botany at the University of West Virginia so I just put all guards down and said tell me what I missed. I'm not going to be able to Get it to you. In fact, in my wife, Loretta, actually suggested that I study this and become knowledgeable. I've uh, thus far uh, evaded that. I'm going to continue to evade it. <laughs> but this is the best that I can get from her. She said, Reverend Gardner, the, the branch actually doesn't have any suction in it. <clears> These, <throat> she went off on some kind of facts that I don't want to confuse my point with facts. <laughs> You should get nervous. <laughs> but then she said, actually the vine more pushes or presses the mm. into the branches. Oh. Like she said, like hydrostatic pressure, water behind the dam, pushing the water through that little tube, turning. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And then we start to look at the scripture. God pressed himself rescue. He pressed himself into Mary's womb and into Jesus' into our world. He pressed himself into our sin and and our connection with him was he pressed himself into and pressed it wide open. He pressed himself into the new estimate.